Welcome to Pick Up Your Sticks, where we talk about why gaming matters with your hosts, Walker Neer and Brett Lindley. I'm Walker, and this week we talk about one of the most innovative and immersive games of the last decade, Kerbal Space Program. So what's up, Brett? Have you ever ran a space program in the world of Kerbal? I have. It's... You know I have. It's my favorite game of all time. <laughs> Wait, Tyrion's your favorite game of all time. It is. It's, no, it's my favorite <laughs> top-down shooter. Oh, it oh. May actually be Tyrion may actually be my, my favorite overall game of all time. But Kerbal probably has the most hours in a game I've ever played. Yeah. Um, so it'd be hard to say that it's not also my favorite. So, I can have more than one favorite. <laughs> I... <laughs> I, I, dig- I will digress. Yeah, that's fine. Um... <laughs> I, um, I, you know, I am, I'm not going to digress. I was asked one time in a job interview, what is the primary function of something? And I gave one answer and later was told that the reason that I wasn't selected was because when asked what the primary thing was, I did not say more than one thing. So I asked, do you know what the word primary means? Thereby I asked you, Brett Lindley, do you know what the word favorite means? Yeah, it means I like it more than I like other things. And I can like more than one thing than I like other things. Would you describe me as a favorite? A favorite, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, all right, all right. A favorite. All right. So, If you uh, want to go further down that rabbit hole, we can and see how long your self-confidence lasts. No, no, we're good. We're good. (laughs) No. So uh, Kerbal is a game that I have pretty limited experience with, which I'll be happy to share my tales of. But uh, it's a game, like you said, you've probably put the most hours of any game into to Kerbal. I think the most of your experience I was there for a good a good chunk of because that's when I was going over to your old apartment. Yeah, that's that's probably true. Um, I yeah, because you showed the game to me. And then I showed it to another fr- Chris Hammaker who was on the show a, yep. a while back, but I showed it to him because he loves He's science an engineering and yeah, loves all of it. And, uh, and I was like, you have to see this, like, this is crazy. But anyway, um, but let's, let's kind of, for anyone that maybe isn't familiar with, with Kerbal, let's kind of take it from the top. So um, I guess what is Kerbal space program? How would you describe it? Like the ultimate physics space sim, like like real as real as you can get in like a, a game sense for now, mm-hmm. um, and especially a decade ago. So initially out in 2011, uh, in in beta development, I think or no 2014 it was kind of out, but it had been it developed since 2011. Anyway, mm-hmm. it's kind of like. Before the before the minions were like a bad thing, I described it as if the minions ran uh, a, a space institute, like if, if the minions ran NASA. Um, it's it's a full solar system sandbox where planets and moons and objects all move with realistic gravitational physics, and you run a space center. And you can build rockets and satellites and interplanetary colonization vessels and flying hot dog cars. 
as long <laughs> as you as long as you put the time to engineer it or put enough rockets on it to defeat the need to engineer it um you can uh you can fly it around and put it into space and do things with it yeah so when i first played kerbal uh there was no it was just a sandbox mode yes um and so yeah so my first experience with kerbal is you can build a rocket and send it to space and i was like cool so i looked at the parts and decided what i thought looked like a good rocket and brought it out onto the launch pad and launched it and it fell over sideways literally it didn't exploded Yes. It the didn't the go. best things in the game are the little Kerbal's animated expressions in the bottom right <laughs> as you're flying things. And the prolific explosions. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, well, so then after, shortly after that, I was like, oh, I didn't have enough power on this puppy. Mm-hmm. So then I strapped uh, eight engines around the side of it, just in a circle. Right. <laughs> But I didn't use anything to secure them to it, other than they were just kind of bolted on. So then it takes off, and then those things just start swinging like some crazy octopus. It starts noodling. And then those all exploded and ended in fire again. So I remember this, and then shortly after that, <laughs> I was like, well, I'm not going to have this problem, so I'll build like a pyramid kind of shape. Because we we knew not there was no wiki for the game. There were no YouTube guides. Right. Scott Manley did not exist yet to help all of the noobs through you know the early stages of the game. So I built it with like way too many rocket boosters, like the solid fuel boosters, in like kind of a pyramid shape with a bunch of staging. And I'm like, I've got it. This is gonna work. And I hit spacebar, and my rocket crushed itself from the bottom up. So like the top part of my rocket just stayed still and the bottom part of my rocket crushed it like it was a tin can and a crusher until the whole thing exploded and pieces flew everywhere. Wow. Like the top didn't move. It was so powerful that it just crumpled in the middle. Yeah, that's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah, the game will you can fail very, very spectacularly. But it's fun to fail. I think that's one of the biggest I know it's early to say this about our discussion, but like to me, one of the biggest things that it has done is made failure fun. Mm-hmm. Because like there's whole channels that are just made out of trying to break the physics of the game, which is fine and that's hilarious. But like it it's not usually the first time that my rocket falls over or I forget to reorient my staging elements where I don't add parachutes like that. Your first time that you launch anything is very rarely going to succeed. Maybe the first 10 or 15 times you launch it, you don't get anywhere near the results you were looking for, but none of that is frustrating. Like dying to the same skeleton in dark souls or the same boss or whatever can be frustrating but you still get that sense of accomplishment when you beat it or move on. But in Kerbal, it can be hilarious how bad things go wrong. And I just die laughing the whole time. Like, this is great. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's it's also, you know, in, in action games, it's largely if you fail, it's like, oh, I didn't hit the button fast enough. Or mm-hmm. or if you're if you're the wrong kind of gamer, oh, the controller didn't read my input fast enough. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm hating on all of you that are that way just blanket <laughs> anyway um unless you're using a mad cats controller then i'll give you like a little, little, little room. <laughs> then don't buy mad cats <laughs> with your extra ten dollars 
Um, no, but 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 with Kerbal, like it's because it's purely an engineering problem. Like it, mm-hmm. it's just not designed well. And if it's designed well, it works. Like, I mean, there's there's a little bit of skill in flying, um, and some would say a lot of skill, depending. Yeah. But, uh, it is largely an engineering thing. Right, right. It's not. It's it's not the twitch necessity mm-hmm. that. Yeah, you're not. You're not. Yeah. Um. So I don't. I mean, there's so many ways. I mean, so as far as the way the game looks, it's kind of cartoony, but not like not a like little wow bit. Yeah. Something. No. No. Like the characters are cartoony. Yeah. But the parts are actually like all of your rocket ships and stuff. All yeah. The pieces and especially lately they went back over the last couple of years and did an HD kind of uplift mm. and completely reskinned all of the parts, uh, including like a whole new 3d models, uh, not just the, you know, the paper on the outside or the UV maps or whatever. They, they did all brand new models for almost every part in the game and it looks good. Yeah. That's awesome. I wasn't aware of that. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it's a, it, it's, and there, I don't know. On the one hand, like obviously, you want to talk, explain the aesthetic of it. On the other hand, the aesthetics are not like super remarkable to me, but they also are not in any way lacking or disappointing. Like, I think it, it's just different. It, like one of the biggest differences is while there's a skybox, there are elements that look like they are skybox that aren't. Like there are, so you can look up in the sky, and certain white dots are planets. And they will move through the sky, and you can fly to them and land on them or their moons or whatever. Right. Uh, with no transitions, no loading screens, nothing. It's it is as as many games like to say that they're seamless. It's probably one of the most seamless games that I've ever played. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. Um, so I don't know. I mean, you know, you you talked a little bit about your early rocket, and it kind of you know it's hilarious ten crun tin can crushing failure or whatever. Um, so I, I'm, you know, the game since we first played it has come a long way. I mean, it's got a oh, full yeah. career mode and and all of these things now. Yeah, we got but, it in beta, basically. right? Twenty fourteen, we right. So where did you spend the bulk of your time playing then? Because it wasn't in what now people would know is the career mode if they were to go pick up the game and play it today. Right. No, I, I think I g- almost universally played in the sandbox um, for, if for nothing else. Then that's where I would go to develop ships to know what parts I wanted with and, and what things I wanted to mess with and how I wanted things to act and look and just to test uh, because I don't play hardcore modes. I won't like if my ship crashes and fails, I reload the game because that was just a holographic simulation mission that right. was not you know we didn't have real kerbals on that dying bit now, <laughs> no. um but I, I i did play through i mean i've played all the modes i would say that i like the career mode the least uh because like managing funds is cool but i actually don't like the reputation system like i get it but a lot of the available contracts that are in the game uh there's just some systems in place that don't, in my opinion, fully support some of the scope they were trying to go for. Like some of the contract missions, you need an injection of funds. Maybe there's a contract mission to go survey some areas, but 
they are literally just random dots on the planet, and you don't know how far away those darts are from you or each other necessarily up front. So you may, div- you know, build an airplane just to go survey the planet, and come to find out you need to build like the Concorde and you build a Cessna, and so yeah. like you need the fuel to go to the North Pole, and you may not realize that going in. Right, right. So just to be clear on the career mode for anyone that hasn't seen that, it's basically you're starting a, a space program from scratch. Mm-hmm. You've got like a dirt runway for your airplanes. You've got little more than a, a bottle rocket launching concrete pad for your rockets. And, right. And you go all the way up from upgrading your buildings, okay, managing everything. Yeah, all the different parts for rockets and ships and all that. You have to and, do research and there's you know, science points. You have to upgrade your telescopes and your communication centers to be able to even find other planets and get them like on the big map and yeah i wonder if it would have been i wonder if your opinion of it would be different if you had played it first like if when you bought kerbal the career mode was in it and that was just the way you thought to play that's fair i I mean i think that i think that some of the available i get it's hard not to call them quests contracts i guess yeah i still think some of them depending on i mean it depends on how you play um but a lot of times you want that injection of funds or reputation or whatever and the the planetary ones especially early early career missions early contracts you have to kind of pick up a lot of contracts that you maybe don't necessarily want to grab like testing a rocket part a certain you have to be a certain height over curtain going a certain speed to and then execute a test and then basically just drop it off um, and some of those aren't really engineering challenges. They're just kind of filler. Uh, and you can tell that they're filler. I think that later on, like, if you skip through the first, which you kind of can't, I guess you could probably cheat it somehow. But if you were to skip through the first chunk of contracts to where you were in kind of the mid game, I'm sure it's way better. Uh, in, in that mode. Well, and I guess my point being, like, I think it also is true that those missions feel really empty for someone like you because you've been to other planets and stuff in the game That's so you fair. know what's possible whereas if you're someone who's just starting that hasn't even played in the sandbox and launched a rocket into space like i think some of that's fair i, I think that it's still it doesn't tell you like necessarily how far right like, how good you need to build something to take this right. contract on right uh, so you may not you may think it's just a, you know here's five thousand credits for this contract you're like oh gee it'll be easy and then you can't afford the plane that you need to do that contract with mm-hmm. and you were trying to save up for a rocket and then it throws everything so there's i feel like some information is still something that could used to be there um there's some good mods that fix a, a fair amount of it but right. even they tend to follow the same formula and end up filling you up with too many filler contracts it's really the only complaint i have with the game is the contract system right but yeah it's a game that i mean nasa had got involved with it at some yeah. point and... and the european space agency the esa Mm. Uh, also has done everything from contests to legitimate like nasa supports kerbal because they saw a a legitimate increase in aeronautics and space like mastery programs and engineering mastery programs people going into to stem courses uh because of kerbal space program and there's so many stories of people that are like i went back to college for it i went to college for it i was going to be this i was going to be that now i'm trying to become an astronaut or I'm becoming an engineer or, you know, an yeah. astrophysicist or whatever. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's impressive, um, how well it 
it executes what it does. And it, I mean, how often is a, is a video game validated by a actual science organization or multiple, right. you know what I mean? Like, right. <laughs> but I mean, to that point, you know, I know yourself and, and our other friend, Chris, that, that got really into it. Um, I mean, you guys legitimately did have to go teach yourself. I mean, not that you're rocket scientist now or something, but you had to go teach yourself some about how different <laughs> space equations work mm-hmm. so that you could successfully land. Right. A, well, while the... I can't do them by hand um, sure. and I didn't learn them in a college setting, I do have a pretty significant understanding of, of Delta V and of like Hoffman transfers or Hohmann transfers, however you want to pronounce that. Again, not formally trained, so <laughs> right. but yeah, like orbital mechanics and how a slingshot works and how just just the terminology, like your apoaps, your periaps, like you know, your retrograde, your prograde, your normal and anti-normal, like having to know how these things function, right. how what a circular orbit is. I had kind of always thought, I never thought about it, really, that all orbits were geostationary. I don't know. Like, I just, it just where, like, it stays, like, if you had a geostationary satellite over your house, and it was on the same plane of orbit, it would always be over your house. It would stay in the same, like, and so it's just not something that I thought about, because I never needed to. Right. That, that, you know, a smaller orbit is going to go faster, because it's a smaller circle. Like, and a, a larger orbit is going to go slower. And it's like, yeah, the planets move at different speeds, but I just never thought about that with satellites. Like, right. it's never something, I've never had to think about a satellite other than, you know. Because in Kerbal, you can launch satellites to then view different parts of space mm-hmm. from yep. home, right? Yeah, and you could build like a Hubble. I'm not sure if the base game has telescopes for satellites that work, but I know the modding scene for Kerbal is massive. And, and especially early on uh, when it was owned by Squad, uh, they picked up a lot of modders. They hired a lot of modders because the only people that were willing to modify a game like Kerbal Space Engine program were already engineers and coders. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so um, so they picked up a lot of the best modders very early on. But yeah, there, nowadays a lot of that stuff is included, especially because a lot of these modders, their whole mods would be purchased as well and or, or you know, some of the rights and whatnot. So a lot of that content's in there. Um but yeah, you, you can definitely like launch satellites to perform different like scans of planets. You could put it in orbit around a planet and scan it to see how much, how many resources it has. Because there's uh, ore in the game. Planets have different resources on them. Not not all different resources, but they have resources on them that you can then mine and turn into rocket fuel to refuel your ships with. Hmm. But all of that is industry that you have to build and land on the planet and run solar panels work kind of how they would in the real world. If you have solar panels at Saturn, they're getting like 10% of the light or less. So you've got to take that into account when you design it. So does and, it, re- is it a, a recreation of our so- actual solar system? I mean, kind roughly. Of, it, it, roughly, yeah. The, all the planets' names are different and a lot of them have like, so Kerbal uh, is, or Kerbin rather, Kerbal is the star. Uh, Kerbin is the home planet and it's an Earth-like planet. It has a moon about in kind of an earth moon position uh but then it has a second moon further out on a bit of a tilted axis so it's not of course not not having a second minty green moon out there um there's a jupiter like planet that has like seven moons 
there's definitely a Mars planet and kind of a Venus Mercury planet. There's a Pluto planet, but then there's a few just kind of its own planets that it has just in there. Have you been to all of them? No. Okay. (laughs) Uh, I don't know how many hours of Kerbal I have because for a while I would run multiple installations, like a vanilla install, and then I just copy-pasted my Steam install to multiple places, and sometimes I'd pull it out of the Steam folder to keep it from updating and things like that. Excuse me. And so it doesn't, Steam doesn't track your game time played if you're in a different install in a different folder. Um, My main install has over 2,000 hours, and I'm sure I have it least that much in another install or all of my other installs uh, because there were a couple of programs I think for like a year and a half almost two years I I did not play in a Steam version install mm. um, but all of that said uh, I know there's people with less time than I do that have been to all the planets I have not um, sure yeah well and <laughs> but is that also to some extent a function of like there kind of wasn't a reason to because it some, I think that, I think some of it was that. I think the other part is that, as we've discussed before, I tend to watch a lot of gameplay as well. Um, and so sometimes seeing somebody else do it is almost as good as doing it yourself. Um, for Because there's some things there's not a lot to do there, right? right. You've got to make up a lot of your own fun. Um, but I did, I, I have installed like the, when it was fully functional, the Outer Planets mod. Uh, which added another like dozen planets to the game in even further reaches and some of them in the middle and stuff. So I've been to some of those. I've been to some custom planets. Um, I think some of it too, though, is just that <laughs> the game is hard. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Well, and, and that's kind of where I was going. Is like, there's not a point in the amount of effort it would take to then design all new ships and all new mm-hmm. plans to get there is like, yeah, you could, but, why like kind of the minecraft problem where it's like oh this is so cool i'm gonna build all this and then you do it and you do it and then after a while though it's like well and again especially if you're playing sandbox mode right like eh, why <laughs> yeah i definitely focused most of my energy on the mars like planet duna so mm-hmm. in that like one to two year time span of games that weren't my primary install uh i had installed life support mods and because in the base game kerbal's it's not really stated what they are or how they're made. Most people believe that they subside on sunlight and snacks. And if they don't have their snacks, they don't die. They're just not very productive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the base game doesn't really have any like life support stuff in it, so you don't have to worry about that. But I was joining challenges back in the day. The, the Kerbal forums were full of challenges that you could do. And one of them was uh, building a Mars colony uh, that you had to like any colonists that you sent had to be returned in two years. You had to have your flight plan built out ahead of time. Like you had to have, maybe it was like nine months that they could stay on Mars or something. I don't remember. There were a bunch of qualifiers and you had to have like a two year timetable set up in advance. And that means that you have to like check your launch windows. Cause you know, if Mars is on the opposite side of the solar system from you are when you're launching, that's a lot more fuel that you need to get there. So there were build timers for everything. There were a bunch of mods. You didn't have to have any mods, but if you didn't, they rec- there were ways like to make it even, to make it fair. Um, but yeah, I had a bunch of life support mods and just tons and tons of other 
stuff in there and was building like trying over and over to complete this two year not real world time but in game right. time two year kind of challenge to colonize the mars like planet of duna and yeah so about uh, i don't know not quite a year ago but in late 2019 uh you started playing minecraft and set out and, and then we have episodes about it so i certainly invite anyone to go check them out um but where you kind of combined and I, I really, I really, I really enjoy this um, because it's so much more creative than I ever am <laughs> with my own hobbies. But where you kind of combine gaming and writing, I guess yeah. is the easiest way to say it. I mean, if it's not just writing, it's also story creation to some extent. Right. Um, but anyway, and you kind of combined it, and so in the Minecraft thing, it was like you were you were kind of journaling as the character and creating this story through through that um i don't think it was a character in that sort of way so i don't think it was someone but wasn't there something that you did with kerbal that was kind of similar where you were like maybe creating the challenges you were just describing or something like that so i did a few actually i don't i don't know that i even remember my kerbal forums my kerbal forums was like one of the few places that i took a different screen name um i think it was like it was some, it was some knock on Keystone Light, um, and okay. like I had a company that like, it, it was a thing like, and, and then I made a joke about tapping the Rockies because before Or was in the game, there was a, a mod for the game that added, oh man, I can't, Kethane, the Kethane mod. Mm. Um, so everything in Kerbal, one of the, the quirks is that almost everything has to have a K just somewhere kind of obnoxiously thrown in. I see. Um, so the Kethane mod was a mod for, that added an ore-like resource to the game, uh, but it was in the form of gas. And there were other games that added ores as well, but it added this methane-like gas that you could turn into rocket fuel. Um, so it was some kind of tap the Rockies, but like tap the mountains, and the mountain had gr a green hex on it, which was the symbol for Keth or Kethane. And... I think it was a keystone light was anyway, all of this is to say that I had a username that I don't know who it is anymore, okay. um, but out there somewhere, <laughs> there are a few different stories that I did. So one of going, not only, of course, the original challenge was just to colonize Duna, but I of course had to crank it to 11. Mm -hmm. um, and I wanted to terraform Duna. Now there was not mods at the time to terraform a planet, but I was like, well, I, and I went, so so first I launched missions to each of the poles that deployed these giant towers with, like, these circles on the bottom that look kind of like a, a, like a particle accelerator kind of thing. And I was like, you know, first we need to jumpstart the magnetic field because that, you know, there's no atmosphere because it all got stripped away because of the solar wind. So we've got to build our own polar stations that have nuclear reactors in them to generate a magnetic field. Um, they did nothing. In, in right. game, they were just a nuclear reactor that ran. I made sure that all of that was there. But <laughs> 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 and then I built uh, several launches that had these Kethane stations because there was also an engine that could operate as if it were in an oxygenated atmosphere if it had Kethane. Um, 
And so I built these little hemispherical pods that I could drop down in like 20 places in the planet. They'd land wherever there was a cathane deposit, which of course I had to scan from orbit with a satellite in like a polar orbit, find all the good locations, drop these drop pods down that would drill and mine the cathane. And then on top of them, they had like eight or 10 of these air engines because in the little thing, it stated that, you know, the cathane was, you know, when it was burned directly translated to like water or something. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, you know, we put a bunch of these engines on there. We mine the cathane. We blow it all out into the atmosphere. We've got the, the magnetic stations. You know? So anyway, it was this giant. <laughs> I'm not sure how much of it made it to the forums. I think a good chunk. But yeah, I was doing a big. Of course, I think most of the posts were like of my buildings and very few of them were of me actually landing on duna and making any sustaining colony (laughs) (laughs) mostly it was testing because then i needed trucks and uh like cargo helicopters and things to be able to move stuff around and deliver it mostly because i sucked at landing where i needed to <laughs> so if you can't land where you need to, you need to have a whole fleet of vehicles that can pick things up and move them. Yeah, well, so this is kind of tying back to something else you you talked about a little bit ago, but where you're you know learning all these different orbital mechanics and just kind of space flight terms and stuff like that. But it turns out that if you want to go to Mars from Kerbin or Duna from Kerbin. Um, you don't just launch yourself into space and fly there. Right. Like, like you would in like No Man's Sky. Mm-hmm. And I, I say No Man's Sky just because you and I both come, I mean, obviously we are not in any way involved with real space. Right. We come from a long history of space video games mm-hmm. where it's basically you're in an airplane and, and now you're in space. <laughs> or you have a map and the line goes beep and it's a straight line from one li- one planet to another and you just go there. Right, right. Yeah, that's not how space works. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, so so instead it's like you have to like get your, and I'm going to butcher this so you'll have to clean it up, but like you're like getting into like like getting into the gravity well of a planet so that it's like spinning you around it and then launching yourself out of that orbit at a certain angle mm-hmm. so that you then kind of use the term slingshot earlier, like slingshot right. yourself to another planet. But that was something that, you know, I, I, I think I flew to the moon in that game once because mm-hmm. it was something to do. Right. Um, but I very much just pointed and flew there. Pretty and much, I, yeah. And I remember thinking how much fuel will it take to get to one of the other places? <laughs> but the truth is, is that you actually don't use nearly as much fuel once you're out there because mm-hmm. you're using the momentum of these other things to kind of, or, or yeah, just your, once you're out of, what do they say? Once you're out of the atmosphere, you're halfway to anywhere. Like right. you know, most of your fuel is used getting just out into space. But once you're in space, yeah, it doesn't take much to move around. Right. Um, yeah, I always thought it was it was pretty easy to get somewhere once. Uh, for me, the harder thing was like even on the so I spent a lot of time on the moon as well because it's it's close and it's pretty easy to calculate and you can always go there because it's in your same sphere of influence. So it's in your gravitational well or Kerbin's gravitational well. So it's always the moon is always lined up within a day or two of planet rotation for a direct launch. And you can just go to orbit and then go to the moon within a couple of days of rotating 
and you can speed up time to like 10,000 X or whatever. So right. it doesn't take anything to get to the moon. Um, well, I felt with, well, no, and it is, it's a huge accomplishment. No, it is it, like, don't, that's not a light getting to the moon in Kerbal is a huge accomplishment. Um, I just mean in the sense that planning what day you need to do your injection burn, like 30 days out or nine months out for a planet, uh, for the transfer window is not as much fun as just being able to go to the moon any old day. Right. So I, I built like plenty of space colony was built on the moon. Mm-hmm. But my biggest, I'm always my biggest problem is like landing on the moon. Pretty, it's difficult, but pretty easy in the grand scheme of like Kerbal, right? Um, landing a second thing within a kilometer of the first thing. Very difficult. <laughs> well, and so that, you know, whenever I think, whenever I think of the conversation we've been having, like what I'm imagining is like, you know, this, the stereotypical NASA picture where it's like the spaceship on the giant rocket and it shoots mm-hmm. up and then the rocket. Fall. And that's, that's how I, I mean, that's what I went to the moon with effectively, but you can get way more complicated than that. Like you can launch like a, like a base in a box kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And then yep. like have it unpack and, either attach it in space or fly it to the planet and then yep. try and I get it within a kilometer. <laughs> all of my, all, yeah, the trying to, so trying to get two things to land next to each other for me is very difficult. Um, and there aren't, there, there are a few places where it could use a little buffing up as far as some, I mean, it gives you more stats than any other game out there, but there can always be more when you're dealing with space equations for dummies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm not going to actually draw up a planetary surface map and do all the calculations. So I'm not, you know, anyway, but that dictated the need for colony ships. So I would build things in chunks and effectively Saturn five them to orbit in huge chunks and then assemble them all in space into a mega ship and then fly that ship all at once (laughs) to somewhere. Gotcha. Huh? Um, so, I mean, uh, you know, uh, we've talked about uh, different memories and things you've had, but I mean, what's the most fun thing you ever did in Kerbal? Or one of the most fun. I don't mean it has, you know, whatever. I think the only other, like, the only other really big one, the the colonization of Duna was super fun. Yeah. Uh, I also did my own kind of play on, like, the actions of... The, the animatrix where it's like the history of the matrix sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And they talk about like the, the zero one being established in like Africa. Mm-hmm. So one of the mods for the game is called mech Jeb and it's essentially an autopilot that you can configure. And the early versions of it looked like the eyeball from portal just smashed into a nose cone, <laughs> like the little okay. circle eyeball robot from port just in a nose cone. And it would the cam- it would like look at your camera too is the thing like the eye the like cam the ball would swivel, and so I like made a whole series of stories and whatnot of them like mankind launching the first manned AI space probe or unmanned AI space probe, and it going rogue and landing on a planet and thus like there were you know some mods for making extra planetary launch pads where you could make a launch pad on another planet and mm. turn mind or into rocket parts and build rockets there. So 
there were weaponized packs that had missiles and this, that, and the other. So I started building a bunch of tanks and space weapon vehicles for Zero One to be established on, like, Venus that, instead of Africa. <laughs> that's awesome. I love that you reference the Animatrix. That's something that doesn't get enough credit. It doesn't. Later. It really doesn't. Um, well, so, you know, you've uh, we've both played some more modern space games like Eve Online, or not Eve Online, uh, No Man's Sky, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you've also recently started playing Dual Universe, yeah, which is the the space sandbox MMO. Uh, obviously, I you know I don't know how it would look to even try it, but I mean, would a game would it, would a game like that that's not an engineering simulation? I mean, there's a little bit of that to it, but it's certainly much more about more than than just right. building a rocket or something, right? Um, but would a game like that benefit from having all of like some of these space mechanics in it? Because in a game like that, you don't, you can't get in a gravity well and get in the orbit and shoot yourself out, or like in No Man's Sky, even. And I'm right. not in No Man's Sky, universe. you definitely can't. In in most games, you can't. Right. Um, Dual Universe has it. So I would say this in general to to not just state Dual Universe, but a few of these games, like Avorian has some interesting things in it. Um, a lot of your all of your space simulation games, be it you know space engineers or um, Oh, there's another one with an E that I'm trying to think of. I always forget it. Uh, anyway, I would say that for any developer that is trying to develop a space game of any kind, that they should spend at least 60 hours playing Kerbal Space Program. Mm. And I state that because once you understand the rules of anything, then you can know when, where, and why to break them. And I think that a lot of games, games that choose intentionally to have realistic physics want to benefit from realistic physics across the board that Kerbal has. So it's not just realistic physics in space. It's not just realistic physics in atmosphere or in gravity. It's all of them, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of games that want realistic physics tend to skip out you know, they may do one thing really well, like, oh, we want to have orbital mechanics in our game. And they do just that part, but then your ship can have all of its engines on the left side and not spin in a circle. Right. Like it just flies straight. And and while that, that and then there are other games where like like Avorian, they said we want to be somewhat realistic physics for like starting and stopping and inertia and mass, but we want fantasy physics for spaceship design. Because it's supposed to be like, we want to see Star Trek ships. You don't, We don't want you to worry about balancing right. your, your center of mass versus your center of thrust. We, we want you to be able to slap an engine anywhere and it just works. And I think that that's a real important thing to note is, is why are you choosing realistic physics? And where does it help your game and where does it hurt? In a game like Avorian, where there is no gravity around a planet... I don't think that having center of mass would have helped that game. I think being able to design a cool futuristic alien looking spaceship without having to worry about exactly what millimeter my thrusters are on. I think it makes it like there's so much fun to be had in. Well, and it turns out that the reason that 
rocket scientist or rocket science is a cliche for like genius. Right. Because it's really, really hard. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and, and that, I mean, to, honestly, with Kerbal, that's kind of where I hit a wall was like, I don't care enough to learn more because it does just it's not it doesn't have fantasy time right, right. like like, yeah. like and and again I, I actually adore Kerbal and think it's super awesome but I do it vicariously through you and Hammer <laughs> are far better at it than I am well and I mean it's it's interesting because even for as you know good and close and accurate as Kerbal is it's not perfect sure um, right but I think that it gives like for anybody that thinks that like oh gee landing on the moon we they did it with calculators and why can't we do it now for one like go go realize just how much and how hard <laughs> landing on the moon is like even virtually go play through it and two just i think that learning to play kerbal also is unlike something like terraria where you go to the wiki, you find out what a thing does or how to make it, and then you go in the game and, and do that. More often than not in Kerbal, even in a video tutorial of how to land on the moon, you will probably, because there's some time segments where you know people don't want to cut their videos or whatever, they'll just talk about real historical stuff and, and splice space history in. And learning things like the bottom of the lunar lander was a glass pad with etched in like radians and degrees and measurements on it so that they could measure like the length of their own shadow and on paper quickly do a calculation to figure out how far off the ground they are (laughs) (laughs) or how far away from a target they were or how fast they were moving. Like they're like, yeah, they did it with computers that were less talented than calculators, but their brains where you wouldn't even know what numbers to punch in to calculate that, and they're doing it right. in almost zero G through a glass pad in the grill. Like, it's just amazing how talented those guys are and how smart and how difficult all of this was. I think it's just huge. And And while the game is difficult, I think most of it is in the terminology and a few basic mechanics that especially when you and I started out, there were no tutorials. There was like WASD to move (laughs) in a game about getting into space. This is prior to NASA linking up with it or anything we played. So this is when they were like 10 people in a little startup company. Right. Right. So, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we bring up those other space games. Kerbal doesn't really compare to No Man's Sky or Avorian or Wing Commander of Old or anything like that. It, but it, it's also, it's not really like, it's not like it's Minecraft in space or something. Like it's no. not that at all. It really is its own thing. Right. I, there, there really aren't, like the closest that you can kind of get is like space engineers. But even that, it's a difference of scale where Kerbal, you're building in spaceships that can carry 20 people, you know, in half an hour, 45 minutes. In Space Engineers, you're really worried about yourself and maybe a buddy. Right. You know. Well, but also in Space Engineers, like you're you're worried about fighting potentially and you're worried about refining stuff and capturing resources and. 
not that none of that's in Kerbal, but it's just the not. The industry is a lot lighter in Kerbal. There's right. like ore and a, a refinery unit and a drill. Right. And that's what we really need to worry about. So we talked about this on a on a previous episode. I have no idea what episode it is, by the way. So just go listen to all of them if you haven't. Yes, listen to all um, of them if you haven't yet. That is <laughs> that is exactly that is the truth. Um, but yeah, just start with one and you'll find it. Um, but it's it's when when they announced uh, that uh, Kerbal Two mm-hmm. development had kind of hit a roadblock. Yes, because the developer was bought was squad bought by activision or they just sold the ip to take two okay not Activision. Uh, and yeah so they it was licensed so i think so take two i think purchased kerbal from squad uh and and maybe even some of squad's members before kerbal 2 started but they then licensed a secondary indie company Mm. Uh, I'm just slipping my mind right now about which one it was to develop Kerbal 2 and they had gotten a good chunk of the way through development and then Take-Two basically said all of your people can either come work for us or they're all fired mm. and and their company didn't have a runway for anything else because that was their runway and so it basically shut the entire company down and half of them went to work for Take-Two mm. So as a result, you know, there's not a, a clear date on a Kerbal 2. No. Or, or if it's going to match the any of the reveal stuff that was put out, who knows how much of the game is getting scrapped with that. Right. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I have high hopes for Kerbal 2. I have to. Because they want to lean even harder into Colony Sim. They, they teased interplanetary tra- or interspace travel where you could go to a different star and like push the tech tree a little bit further. Mm. And I think that would be great. And I, I like it because they do in Kerbal. It is, it's realism light, but not in the sense that like, you know, any space TV show is realism light. <laughs> like in the sense that like it's realism, but they take some, some caveats where they need to, like the planets are really small compared to what a real planet would be right right but that makes it all be able to simulate that much easier right and like interplanetary travel would probably not be on the magnet they'll probably do some kind of warp drive not a you need to fast forward the game for fifty thousand years to get (laughs) right 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 but that is cool to let you do that because like you were saying sometimes you might need you might need to leave nine months in advance of a certain mm-hmm. time to jump at a certain time. And if you are doing the math and it turns out you're th- two months past where, you know what I mean? Like you can just fast forward. You don't have to play for right. 10 more hours. To well, get- and the other cool thing, like, so on some saves, there have been some saves that I've tried to go. So one of the other ways to play the game that we haven't hit on actually is the science mode. Mm. So there's the sandbox mode, which is you have everything, you do whatever you want. There's the career mode where there's, Start from scratch. You have to worry about your funding, money, reputation, science, research, building construction, rocket fuel costs, all this stuff. And then there's an in-between mode called science mode. I did not know that. Yeah, the the science mode is probably my favorite mode to play outside of Sandbox. And it is set up to where there's no funds, there's no reputation, but parts only unlock when you do you have to invest science parts points to unlock them. Mm. Um, so 
and you get those from you know landing and taking surface samples, bringing crew reports to places, doing radar scans or whatever of different places will give you different amounts of science points. But you don't have to worry if you crash a crash a rocket; it's not a big deal, right? And all of that is to say that a, a lot of times, especially early on, you'll just be doing one thing at a time. I want to launch a rocket ship. It's, I need to spend three months flying to Jupiter, so I'm just going to fast-forward time. The other way to play, though, is like, yeah, you could still use the fast-forward, but uh, in two weeks, I have a launch window to Mars, and... Uh, Three days after that, I have a launch window to Jupiter, or, and then you know, six months after that, I'll be, you know, a launch window to Venus. A week after that, I need to make sure and do my injection burn at Mars, you know. And so you can start plotting out all of these things where you can have dozens of active craft all flying in different directions, some coming back, some leaving, and you having to go, which one am I going to manage next? Am I, you know, does this one is this one coming back? to Kerbin that needs to be captured to drop crew off? Do they, do we need to stop by a space station to refuel so that we can go further, you know, into the solar system or something? Like, do hmm. I need to mine ore from this planet and bring it up to a space station to, re to refine it there so that that space station has fuel for other ships to, and, and so you may be fast forwarding, but you'll fast forward in much smaller chunks hmm. and jump back and forth between lots and lots of different crafts. Huh. That's really cool. So is that was that like the the final mode added, or did that come even pre career mode? So the science, I think science mode was pre career mode. Science huh. mode, I, I well, and I'm not sure. So the Wikipedia says that career stuff was pretty early. I don't re I don't remember it that way. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I I had definitely stopped playing by the time any of that was added, and then I went and checked it out. I think one time once the career mode was in. Um, and then was quickly given a contract that I did not understand how to fulfill, and then I quit playing. So. I would say that science <laughs> mode is definitely the, the easier way for anybody that's made it this far and didn't just not want to play Kerbal because OMG career mode. Science <laughs> mode is definitely the way for a new player to play because it limits your part count in the same way that career mode does in the beginning to where you can't build anything too complex. So you still get to learn with each part as you use it. Because when you jump into sandbox mode, there's like 300, 400 parts. Mm -hmm. And there's stats on there that are every single stat is important. Um, so learning with a smaller number of parts and understanding the research tree, because it kind of tells you like, hey, these are for docking. Hey, this is for landing on a planet. Hey, this is for parachutes, which are important. Like, right. Um, so you unlock and use them as you go and each thing you unlock gets you a little further into space or gets you, you know, into a new biome on the same planet. You can spend a long amount of time just on Kerbin, exploring the different biomes, getting crew reports and samples and getting science, never leaving the planet. Um, and you can unlock a lot of your tech tree or you can go straight for the moon. Um, but it keeps it small in the beginning to help. That kind of is your tutorial. That's your progression. It keeps you from feeling overloaded. But without the punishing aspects of reputation, funds, you know, contracts, none of that's there. It's just you've got Kerbals. If you get research, you can advance. If you don't get research, keep building. And there's no penalty for that at all. So it's kind of a you can only fail forward sort of game. Right, right. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, I 
I, 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 I just keep trying to compare it to other games in my head and I just can't, I can't come up with anything. And it, it, I mean, it kind of, it leads me back to, there are, there are some games that I just think that every gamer should play. Um, uh, Minecraft is the, the easiest example of that. Um, Super Mario level one, one. Yeah, but see, like, I wouldn't, like, you're right. It kind right. of doesn't apply as much anymore, but. You're right that it is a masterpiece level. Um, so it's not that, but if you play Rayman 2 or Rayman Legends, or not 2, but Rayman Legends or any, if you play any decent 2D platformer, you kind of get the same experience that That's Mario fair. offers. That's fair. Yeah. Um, and with Minecraft now, you could say there are other games you could play that would offer a pretty similar experience. But I still think that Minecraft is, is important just because of how simple and streamlined it is. Right. Um, Terraria. I would, I would, I would say that, although maybe that's not as fair. Cause I don't know with games like Starbound that have now been out for so long. Is that really that different than Terraria? Probably not. Um, but anyway, all of this is just to get to, I think Kerbal might fall into that category of like, you really should just go play this because there's not another experience that you can have that will give you this. Like, yeah, even if you don't want to learn how to land on the moon and you don't want to know anything about orbital mechanics or anything at all, then wait for it to go on sale and still play it because it is still a blast. Like, build, if anything else, just building in that game is really, it is simple but it offers a lot of breadth for the advanced builder if you want to get into very fine translations and rotations of things. And for the novice, it's like Lego parts. Right. It, it, that's what it is. That's the other piece. It's when Lego is something that a lot of people like, like compare Minecraft to, which I don't necessarily like that comparison. Um, like to me, voxels are not Legos. I get, I get the comparison, but they're not really the same as having like, a space engine and a long brick and a short brick kind of. Yeah. So not to go too off far on that tangent, but I, I've always been confused by it, but I think it's because there's different ways that people played with Legos. That's so fair. for me, when I played with Legos, I bought like the, the spaceship, like mm -hmm. the Millennium Falcon way. I don't, I probably never had that cause I wasn't a star Wars fan, but whatever, like, right the Lego spaceship that comes with a set of instructions and the pieces are intended to go together in a certain way. Now, yes, you could do them in a different way, but it's almost like a model car. Right. right. Thing. But now I never played with Legos like, Oh, let's just make something up. But I think there are other people who just had like a bucket of Legos that they just like dump out on the floor and then make stuff. And that, that was me. That, but I, so I'll go a step further though, because I think there's two differences in those types of people. Because I had the spaceships, but put them in, I deconstructed them into their parts and made whatever I want. Like I always built the intended thing first and played with it because I would learn something new about how to build. Mm. Then I would tear it all apart and build whatever I wanted. But I think there's a difference between the people who bought more advanced or at least intermediate to advanced style Lego things. And then people who just got buckets of bricks, because that was the other, you could just get square and rectangle and flat bricks in right. giant buckets and build whatever you want that way. But you don't get all of these 
engines and weapons. Little red and, dots and stuff. Right. Like a lot more intermediate. And then there's people that just play with like technics, which is another step up where that's even that's engineering now. And yeah. So I think there's a broad variety to, to say in there, but it just in the sense that like I would say that Kerbal is much more like a snap type model kit set. Yeah, no, that's that fair. all of the parts are interchangeable. So you can make the rocket look however you want. And you have a box of infinite rocket bits that all snap tight. Yeah. No, that's fair. I mean, even in my failed early attempts in with rockets, like it was very easy to put it together and it wasn't that hard to understand how to correct at least some of the more obvious problems. Now, I, I'm sure I was wildly inefficient in my fuel use and weight distribution. And yeah, but so you have it's a digital, yeah, you have infinite amounts of it in game, like <laughs> right, right. There's plenty of times that I forgot. I have done successful Mars missions that get back to the planet, and the very last stage don't have parachutes. <laughs> Everybody dies in the ocean. <laughs> like, like that could be days of gameplay. <laughs> right, right. Yep. But yeah, well, but but yeah. So very much my point. Just like I mean, like the the story I told with the octopus engines that just went all over the place well so then what i did was there's just struts and you mm -hmm. can just space tape up. like oh space duct tape. Yep. and then i did that and then i duct taped it all together and then it was fine um but 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 certainly that is a, a very good point that it is it is as accessible as legos yes like, yeah. it it's it's not like <laughs> not like laying real brick but much closer to Langley. <laughs> exactly. Well, and I, I think that, you know, bringing it back to that importance of this, like you eventually did make it to land on the moon though. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, anybody can do it and it's, it sounds a lot more difficult and it's a lot, it, it looks daunting when you first getting to play the game. And yes, you may have to watch like a five minute tutorial on something, but I think most games like getting to just the moon and back and landing on it and doing a successful mission is doable for anyone. Anybody can do it. Oh yeah. And you, and you can always do it because it's very easy and they've made it easy to do. The moon is always at like a 90 degree angle from your launch position. So you can get there from orbit. So like the first thing you do is figure out how to fly. Then you figure out how to get into orbit and then you figure out how to go to the moon and back. And once you do those three things, that's already that's probably your you know 20 to 40 hours of gameplay but depending on who you are and how how you rush it and how much you understand but you can easily get a good 20 hours of gameplay out of that and that's the cost of the game i think right. that, you know and if you want to go from there there's a dozens of planets and moons to go check out uh and things to learn and those require the advanced knowledge and understanding yeah i think it's it's definitely a game that is um is you know, Minecraft is pretty easy to get into and where it gets really, really hard is Redstone. Yeah. But that's made harder because of the way that Minecraft plays and looks and right. the fact that it's this cube world and all mm -hmm. of that makes it all more. And you can't anyway, makes the Redstone more complicated than it would be otherwise. Right. Um, Kerbal is not that. Kerbal starts out in an accessible way and has a much more smooth kind of curve up into complexity. And the complexity is really just what, if you want it or not. Like, if you're interested in assembling a space station in space, 
than you can. And that is more complicated than launching a rocket to the moon. Right. But you don't have to do that per se either. It's just if you're interested in it. But like you said, there's plenty of plenty of meat on the bone, if you will, um, even ahead of getting into the really super complicated right. stuff. Well, and and I, super complicated, and I, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, I think that that's where, I think the basics of the game is where the bulk of that awe is. After that, then it's just, it's kind of like the, the, the intro scene to any other game is kind of the awe moment of like, oh my lord, like the trailer for Cyberpunk 2077 or something. And then after like an hour or three of gameplay, you just kind of get into the game. Right. I think to me, like landing on the moon, like that first time that you touch down on the moon successfully, where your rocket doesn't topple over, you don't break a landing gear, you land, you get out, and your little dude is like bouncing in low gravity and is all goofy and his head's bobbling all over the place. Like, it'll make you cry because it is such an achievement. And then there's gameplay after that. There's tons of gameplay after that. But that alone is like, I think that's an experience everybody should have is land a rocket on the moon in Kerbal. So or was it, or I think it was earlier this year, SpaceX did a, a launch that was a highly publicized event and you, you had talked about this, I think maybe in our Avorian episode, I don't know, one of our other episodes you had talked about it. I might have, it may have just been a conversation with you. It's getting difficult to know now what things you and I have talked about and what things you and I have talked about on the show. So right. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was, but either way, it's a really interesting story. So by all means. Yeah, so the, the Crew Dragon launch and docking was, I don't know, like an 18, 20 hour long event and you know that's it was the, the spacex event the actual spacex the actual first manned flight from uh, american soil since the since they shut down the shuttle program basically and uh and so yeah i was pretty and, and i've always liked to watch rocket launches on tv and uh i haven't seen one in person yet uh, the both times we've been in florida rocket launches have been canceled uh, so unfortunate there, but you know, I've, I've always been interested in the whole SpaceX program is just a monument of engineering and, and being able to land the boosters down remotely is so bonkers. And like, you could probably do something like that in Kerbal, right? Yeah, like yeah, you can, you, you can. can. Now you do have to have a couple of mods cause objects will despawn ah. past a certain like, so if you're flying one part and you want to land the other part, you have to switch to it, which then means that the front part despawns <laughs> ah. or, or vice versa. Um, but there right. are some mods that allow you to kind of take a snapshot of something and then like hold it in memory, basically like a save game. And if you can prove that you can land like one of the boosters, as long as you don't change that booster, you can like save it as a part or there's different mods that do different things, but you prove it once and then it goes, okay, anytime this despawns, as long as it has all the parachutes and it's the same build, it automatically is counted as landed or something, mm. you know, um, or you can build a save state and actually land the one piece and then fly the other. But it, right. depending on what you're doing and how you're playing, if you want it to recuperate funds or whatever, you may have to have a mod for that. If you're just doing it to prove you can, you can do it with save states. But yeah, you could. there have been plenty of people. There, I'm pretty sure there's SpaceX parts packs uh, for Kerbal. I'm that sure. You can, that you can get the actual landing gear and pieces. Hmm. There's 
those are probably mods, but there are official NASA packs. There are official uh, history of space packs for Russian parts and hmm. so legit parts that you could play with and that work and look like they do for real. But anyway, um, and those are official as in sold as DLC for the game. Um, regardless, yeah, SpaceX Crew Dragon, uh, you know, sat down, watched it launch, like you know the nerves the anxiety because there have been there have been troubles in the past like rockets are still just giant bombs there's controlled explosions right and that's it's real it's dangerous like um and so you know just kind of watching the whole time i was like man i i gotta be doing something and I was like, what better to do? And the whole thing was live broadcast. Like the, the whole thing was live streamed for, I don't know, 18, 25 hours, something like that. I don't remember how long the stream went, but uh, I sat down and fired up Kerbal. And on a, on a dual monitor setup on one window, I had YouTube live stream of SpaceX talking about Crew Dragon, talking about the history of space, doing the audio checks where they're coming over talking about what, what they're eating or whatever. Mm -hmm. And in the other window, I'm flying a spaceship, you know, that I've built and, and, you know, docking to a space station like they're going to be doing, you know, I went to bed, I woke up early the next morning to catch the docking and all the flight procedures and that stuff. And, and I also got up and kicked Kerbal on right next to it and was doing similar things, landing on the moon, building spaceships. Like it was such a magical experience to be able to participate in my own way. Well, and I would assume that to some extent, like your playing of Kerbal increases your appreciation for what's happening. I mean, not that you're all of a sudden an astronaut or something. And, and I don't mean that to downplay anything. No, as much no. As I'm also not trying to act like if you play Kerbal, you're all of a sudden a rocket scientist, but no, but absolutely. It absolutely gave me a better understanding. Like I assumed that it was hard. I assumed that these things were difficult, but I had zero experience with them. I had never heard the phrase. I did not know what staging meant until yeah. Kerbal. I mean, like, I, I think I knew like, you know, a second state. I think I knew staging from like, I knew some about like the Saturn five and, and some of that stuff. Because I'd always been kind of obsessed with with space stuff, but I didn't know I didn't know what a Hoff or a Hohmann transfer was. I didn't know what apoaps and periaps was like, and and those become basic terminology that I now use for all sorts of stuff and my understanding of how things in the world work. Mm -hmm. And 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 it, it, while it is, I'm I'm trying to find a comparison. There like has to be a good comparison to gardening. Like, what's a, a game that does gardening the way Kerbal does space? Like, it wouldn't be a farm bill, but something like no. maybe even a Stardew Valley sort of thing where there's at no. least some grow times. Like, I don't know. No, yeah. <laughs> nothing else gives you an appreciation of doing that thing yeah. while being able to experience it in a light manner. It's not a kid's manner, but it's not it's not like so brutal that you have to really understand all the math to do it. Like, I, I would say it probably is, and this is going to sound like a weird comparison, but I would say it's probably the thing that at least jumps out in my mind as being the most akin would be like a Gran Turismo racing game. Okay, yeah. Because you're not all of a sudden ready to be a, an actual race car driver just because you play Gran Turismo. But you actually, if you 
and I haven't played Gran Turismo in a long time now, but <laughs> years ago at least in the Gran Turismo games, like you could learn how to how to brake and how to accelerate out of corners. And out of, right, like you do, do start to learn how these mechanics work. Again, it's not identical. It's not one-to-one. No, but that's, it translates. It right. translates. You at and least I, are aware that it exists. Right. As, as and, it, and it g- gives you more appreciation for the people doing it in the real world. Right, exactly. Um, And I, and I think that that's definitely what Kerbal does. And it, and it, it made it more personal. To, and it was also like, there's a lot of downtime. <laughs> After the Crew Dragon you know, reaches is out of the atmosphere. Most of the danger is gone until right. docking, which is like 20 hours later. And the launch right. is like 20 minutes. So there's a lot of downtime, but there's a lot of things they're talking about and they're saying other things. And it's fun hearing the crew check-ins and stuff. And, and so I wanted to be there to experience that and to listen and to learn, but also it's not, it wasn't like binge watching friends on Netflix or something where you could just sit there and, I totally get. It. I mean, you show me a Lord of the Rings movie, and after I'm done, you'll find me playing a fantasy game. Right? So yeah. I, and that's that's, that's not even to... real. It's Lord mm-hmm. of the Rings. Like it's just a movie. I already know how it goes, and I'm still like, well, I want to be an elf. Like, but then I'm sure, like, if, it'd be kind of similar. I think if you've already seen the Lord of the Rings several times, and you put it on in the background, and then go play Skyrim while it's going in the background, I think that there's a kind of a deepening of the experience that you get because mm-hmm. you may already know what's going on in the movie so you're not as interested in the movie the same where I there's just down t- 20 hours of downtime while they kind of float towards the space station uh, and then also being able to see that in the side like makes this guy like if you had Lord of the Rings playing the in my opinion Skyrim's graphical fidelity would go up Mm-hmm. Like it would just look just a little bit better because right. you have these glorious fantasy scenes going on next to you, and yeah. I feel like that's what it did for me to to play Kerbal. What's so to take this even a step further? I've even I've even had that. I don't even know what I, we need a term for that phenomenon where one piece of it's not necessarily even entertainment media because the the SpaceX. I mean, I guess it's kind of like a TV show, it, whatever where one thing triggers you into now doing a separate thing that ties to it somehow. I'm sure there's a great German word that's like 20 syllables wrong. That's the exact <laughs> meaning we're looking for. <laughs> um, but I've even done that. Like, like there was a point in time where I was playing Mass Effect, which is single-player RPG sci-fi time. And then I was reading... Um, a sci-fi novel, fic- fiction novel series. Um, and then I started playing Sins of the Solar Empire, which is like... <laughs> a, so it was like, if I wasn't at work, I was consuming something that had to do with science fiction space-time. Right. Like, and they were even all games. Like, it's not even separate mediums. But well, it's just, one book. At least one book. Oh, that's true. The book. You're You're right. You're right. You're right. But yeah, it's so uh, many games and a book. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It's just I I love I love honestly I love that feeling because it it almost like it makes it makes whatever whatever content you're drawn to by the first content it makes the second one like that much easier to get into mm-hmm. if that makes sense because yeah. you're like there's this childlike excitement <laughs> well and I, I don't know i think it just amplifies the feeling of the other 
Like, I think that if you're playing a sci-fi game or watching sci-fi movies and then you go read different sci-fi books, as long as it's not the ones based on the movies, uh, you get to that your visualization is is more intense. It's more engaged, you know, even if right. it's a completely different medium or whatever. Right. So I, I think there is something to it. It was it was a great experience. It it was so fun to do. And it, it's basically as long as you don't. <laughs> the only place where I see that being a bad thing is when. I feel like eh, lines on the road don't mean anything if there's no cars because I've been playing too much GTA. Right. That's, that's where that goes bad. <laughs> I've definitely played GTA for a long stretch and then been stuck in traffic and had a thought like, <laughs> I wish I could put in a code to get a rocket launcher. And then I'm like, right? that is a horrible thought. I do not. I would not do that. I would not I actually do that. Yeah. These are human beings. Right. 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 But, but GTA. Yeah. Know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I, I think that, that being able to have that experience, and it's it was such a rare experience. It was a very historic. It wasn't just an everyday launch. Right. Like, it, it, it was a very historic launch. So being able to participate with it in my own way just felt, I don't know. I got to take a little bit of special meaning from that. And it, it was kind of the culmination of my playing Kerbal. The fact that I could just jump back in after not having played for like a year and a half, two years. Right. And just jump in and be like, yep, going to build a rocket, going to go straight to the moon or build a quick space station and assemble it. Like, right. just know how that's going to work out. As long as it's not too complex, then I could just well, do it. You know, and uh, we talk about it a lot, but, you know, our, our show is Why Gaming Matters. And I, it it's a question that I often try and like, oh, I'm trying to come up with one word. Like, oh, it's because it's fun or oh it's because it's social or oh but it it's not like it i mean yeah those things are there right but it's not always easy to break it down into just a a, a succinct word or even sentence like like you just described like it allowed in an almost serendipitous way because it's not like when you played kerbal you were like someday i hope there's a commercial space launch that i can right. walk, play this along with like obviously none of that is thought ahead of time so it's it's kind of like anyway an example of why it matters it's like it it provides this connection to something that has nothing to do with gaming and uh, and even if it's just that one time even if you never play kerbal again while a spaceship launches you still got that moment that got to be its own unique thing and you you don't get that moment in that way if it wasn't for kerbal and, and video games right like like i can't imagine how amazing it would be to play Kerbal 2 while we land the first woman on the moon. Right. Like, of course, I'm not going to do it while the person is like jumping off the, the lander and giving their first speech or whatever since the 60s. Like, I'm going to pay attention to that moment. But in the three days of spaceflight to the moon, I'm going to do my own thing. But it would still just be, I don't know, that'd be incredible to have that story. Like, what were you what were you doing when you when they landed on the moon like man i was watching the live stream while playing kerbal like it was right. just you know that was awesome and yep. i think having that is is great i i don't want to get into it either too deep but i do highly recommend uh that anybody interested go check out the history of squad and the history of the development of kerbal space program because they did not they did not originally set out to be game designers um it was it was kind of a luck thing that 
uh, one of the producer's jobs offered was a chance for you to kind of start your own business after you hit a certain amount of time in their business, they would kind of kickstart whatever you wanted to do in your life. If you wanted to own a hot tub or start a business or do whatever, they'd offer you a certain amount of money once you hit a certain tenure in the company to, to do a bucket list, basically. And part of his bucket list was to design this game. And mm. so it's a, it's a very, it's a very interesting story. I highly recommend looking up the history of squad. It's a fun read and it's, it, it's just so amazing how far this game has come. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, we've, we've talked about quite a bit with Kerbal. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a fun game first and foremost, but beyond that, there's something to learn from it. There's a certain charm to it. Um, there's a community for it. That's been around for a long time. So, so kind too. so many good people in the Kerbal community. There's no trolling. Like it's not a multiplayer game. It's well, it's also like, it just requires too much thinking. Like you, you can't, you can't teabag. Some, there's also a lot of, I don't know. It's hard <laughs> to tell whether the trolley contraptions require more thought or less. Like <laughs> abusing Kerbal's physics is also kind of difficult to do and do well. Right. Um, there's plenty of examples of it and things do get hilarious, but it's, I think it almost requires more work <laughs> to, to find <laughs> places to abuse the flaws than just to do it the normal way. Right. Right. Um, I, I do also want to say there are a lot of shorts available for Kerbal as well. They're all official shorts, computer animated shorts. If you don't want to play, if you absolutely don't want to play the game, which I think you should, um, even if you feel like you don't want to, I think it is, like we've said, an experience. Um, the shorts are also hilarious, though. Kerbals don't, they're kind of, they're adorable, cute little, just entropy machines <laughs> and right. how they ever got to space to begin with is nobody's guess but they've done it <laughs> <laughs> that's great well was there anything else that you wanted to cover with regard to kerbal no go to the moon all right so that's all for our episode today please join the discussion by tweeting your thoughts to us at p-u-y-s pod on twitter if you like this episode, please rate, star, thumbs up, and review us where you're listening. And hey, tell a friend about us, because that really makes a difference. All of our links will be available in the show notes, and if you want to hear more of Walker's insights and conversations with a variety of unique guests on topics outside of gaming, check out his other podcast, The Walk Show, which is available everywhere podcasts are found. <laughs>